as we think about this season, one of the things that keeps coming up is, can Georgia do it again? And the implicit in this is really, can Kirby Smart do this again? Five years ago, people would have said that Dabo Swinney was like the rightful heir to Nick Saban whenever he finally dies or whatever it is he's going to do to leave the college football game. I frankly think that's Kirby Smart now. I don't think there's any way around that. Um, you can't talk about Kirby Smart and say he's an elite coach or one of the elite coaches. I think he's the elite coach. Hot takes to start. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 311 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Tony Waller, who you just heard, and Will Leach, and, and special guest, Seth Emerson, staff writer for The Athletic, and who obviously he covers Georgia football and does it very well, so you will get about 45 minutes solid of Seth's insights on preseason camp and many questions uh, posed to him by Tony, Will, and myself. So, without any further delay, hope you enjoy the episode, and here's Will to get us all started. All right, uh, Seth, we're glad to have you here. Senior writer. I got to correct Scott. <laughs> Sorry, senior yeah. writer. No, that's that's don't demote staff. Yeah, they right. haven't. They they okay. still haven't fixed I it. But like, I, did, did the Times make everybody change their titles? No, when no. They this came was in? this yeah. was like I don't know if I'll get fired for like going public with it. But so when my last contract came up, I that was my one request. Mm-hmm. So they came to me. They said, "All right, here's you know, the deal." And I'm like, "All right, that sounds good." But I have one small request. Yeah. Just I'm becoming an egomaniac in my. Can I can I have a senior writer title? And they come back to me like two hours later, and they say, "Yeah, sure." And I'm like, well, I, "Crap! I really should have yeah. negotiated a little harder there yeah. for something Deputy, else." Yeah. Deputy chief assistant editor to the assistant editor. <laughs> They're like, "How much more do we got to pay him if we tell him senior writer?" Oh, senior okay, writer? there you yeah. go, senior. Yeah. senior. Well, see, see, no, you you're not. special is, senior writer. Yeah, no, they haven't fixed okay. that. Like, I noticed senior that the other writer. day too. Yeah. And you shouldn't even just tell you that. I changed. <laughs> I changed my email signature. I changed my Twitter bio. I did it all quietly. Uh, I didn't announce it. I just. Yeah. I didn't even announce that I re-upped. Did like you sign the contract? Do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is Jimmy yeah. Sexton representing you? No. Okay. No. He's, well, he's, that explains why you're asking for yeah. titles. <laughs> um, by is, the way, I, I do. I do want to say I don't mean to imply that another coach in Alabama, for example, it, it's just not also the elite football coach. But I think Kirby Smart is the rifle heir to Nick Saban. For one, you know, <laughs> there were no complaints or. Uh, endless conspiracy theories or alibying about Georgia losing to Alabama in 2017. Mm, good point. And I just, the more I think about the matter I get that, not mad, not mad, just disappointed that Nick Saban went there. And Saban didn't really, though, did he? I, he's made that comment a couple times. He's, he did talk about maybe it's a rebuilding year and we had some. The rebuilding years. year thing, but he, right. he was asked about. The Mechie and Williams thing, and he was. I'm choosing to ignore that. Yeah, he, um, he, yeah, he. But that doesn't make my me ther- mad. So fit my narrative. You're right. I mean, but I, I think is something I've been thinking about a lot this week is. I think Kirby Smart. It's what people thought Davis when he was going to be five years ago, which is probably the the rifle here. I think you can make an argument that Ryan Day may maybe get there. Uh, someone said, "Well, what about Lincoln Riley?" I was like. Lincoln Riley is O for whatever major bowl games mm-hmm. was lost today. One head to head to what we now know to be at best the second best Georgia team. Um and I can make an argument it might be the third best. Although that game, to be fair, could have gone either way. Oh, of course it could have. Of course yeah. it could have. Uh and you know, Kirby has also played in a much tougher neighborhood his entire head coaching career. So. Uh, my counter to that, 
would be to just in the interest of fairness is Kirby has played in the SEC East. Oh yeah, no. which has certainly helped. Well, we'll talk that, about that. Today you know, I, that, that is that is something that I think people don't realize that divisions are going away come 2025. We talked about that in the last show. Yeah. Possibly 2024. And yeah. uh, I was texting with someone um, at Georgia about this the other day. I don't think people realize how much the home schedule's gonna for the better get better. Yes, yeah. because but tougher, tougher, I'm but better. Better equals no tougher. longer. Yeah. You're, you're guaranteed right now. You're going to see every other year at least a rotation of Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri. God love those schools. Now you're going to sub those out, and once every four years at least, you're going to get LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama at home. Wow. In addition to on the road, Texas and Oklahoma, by the way. So, and honestly, that – Still eight games, probably or nine. nine. It'll be nine. They'll. They'll. I've thought that for a while. I think in Destin they were going that way, but then the Kentuckys of the world were like, "Well, but you know, this is working pretty well for us. <laughs> we make bowls every year with an right. eight-game schedule." And I mean, Mark Stoops has been filling his uh, oats this uh, yeah. season too. So yeah. Well, I guess that's a good. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I guess I, this is our. I think we should talk about this. We is didn't our, say what this it is. is our it's official our Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems our, like a good jump official off Georgia season previews, and and you were so kind to join us two years ago and almost last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so one of the th- common themes we'll, we'll bear down. We'll uh, bore down on Hunker all down. the d- details. No, no, I will not attack the day. I, I I'm not a I'm not a slogan person. I don't like. I this is why we could be a not ter- for nothing. Yeah. No, that was a thing. Yeah, not a I would not be the player. I'd be like, uh, "That's hackneyed." I would not re- respond to that when coaches gave me those. Yeah. Um, finish the drill. Just not. My- hey, don't knock the phrase "attack the day." I would not sit here saying, and attack the word what "lucky." Kind of fool would ever even name anything in their life with the word "attack the day." Um, anyway, sorry. Of course, that's the book that you should buy uh, from Seth, which is really good. Um, but what possibly the- from me because I've got like a. Uh, Couple boxes of them in my closet. If, if anybody, like anybody by, who's ever buy, it means yeah. just come by and knock. Yeah. Um, I will give these to you. Yes. So one of the the themes that we talked about really ever since they won the national championship is the idea of just as this is a fan podcast and a lot of our I wouldn't say struggle, but one of the things we've kind of discussed has been how we were okay them taking a while for this season to start mm-hmm. and that kind mm-hmm. of like sense of we're just going to kind of enjoy mm-hmm. this and everyone's been kind of built up for this, that sort of anger, that, that, that chip on your shoulder thing that Georgia fans have had for a long time. It's, it shows up in, in occasional places, but generally speaking, it hasn't really been there. And you can't help for the, have this been the mountaintop trying to get over for so mm-hmm. long to feel this sort of sense of, okay, sure. Like the pressure's off now. Like, obviously we're going to, we'll be watching the games and we'll be excited for them to win. But that kind of like everything is the end of the world vibe that we've basically had since we started the podcast for the last 40 years. That's ease now. Yeah. The question is, is that I obviously Kirby smart and the staff are going to say, we've turned the page immediately. We've moved on from that. And obviously a lot of the players are gone. It's a different sort of situation, but is there any sense at all anywhere within or within or among players, or in like, what steps have been have to prove now, mm-hmm. right? Like, like at a certain level, once they've won one, they say winning the next one is harder, which is probably true. But winning the first one is better. <laughs> like when you win it, you actually have that off of your shoulders. Yeah. 
is, is that just a fan thing? Is that I know the team will say that, but do, what, what, what's your sense from that? I mean, I hate to – the one tangible thing I can tell you is about the fan base. Like my stories, the metrics in terms of how many people are reading my stories is lower. Yeah, makes sense. Than previous <clears throat> off-seasons. Yeah. Totally makes sense. There hasn't been controversy to read about. We all know who the quarterback's going to be. The coordinator who left was just the defensive coordinator. As long as Kirby Smart's the head coach, people aren't really going to give a crap who's calling the, the defense. Um, but among the team, I mean, I hate to tell you this, but I, I think I'm going to have to wait to see how they do in the opener. If they, if they, show, up, if they, if they show up and show out, then – yeah, now, Kirby Smart's been through this before, obviously, many times at Alabama. He knows all about trying to get a team – up again for another season but I and and the Boston Red Sox won the World Series three years later they they didn't stop winning World Series right, right. Um, they didn't win the very next one but baseball is a different animal yeah. than college football obviously uh, but it it's it's going to be interesting because just like the the players on last year's team would admit look we know what's hanging over this program right. 41 years the players this year are are going to be well aware that there could be a hangover or that the fans aren't as perhaps antsy now and there isn't as much pressure i mean i think a lot of ways the schedule helps kirby out yes right to start against the former defensive what coordinator. He wants. he's the one who scheduled this right. game he's the one who schedules these openers right but it's now on top of that, you're playing Oregon in a nationally televised game. We're not playing Coastal Carolina. Well, Coastal Carolina's a bad example right now. We're not playing Wyoming. Kent State. We're not yes. playing Wyoming. Go alive. On week zero. We'll be talking about uh, or Vanderbilt. Yeah, or Vanderbilt, right? We're playing. It's a nationally televised thing. I mean, the same or way. Auburn. <laughs> Seth, you don't know how much it makes my heart jump wow. to hear you throw this shade. The Maryland Auburn. guy is gone. I love it. I love it. South now. I love it. Um, but I think I think that does help him in some way because look, Oregon won the conference last year. They won the Rose Bowl, and you know there weren't a lot of dudes that transferred out when the coach left. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the same talent is there. There's a whole world of Oregon bloggers or whatever as the follow-up to bloggers now that has that lives in a world where Cristobal was holding them back, right? Mm. And um, I don't know that that's true. I, I think that remains to be seen. But the reality is, is that um, I mean, I think I 100 percent agree with you that it. I, I think I know where they're going to go. I have a good feeling about where they're going to go. I know the talents there. I know the developments there. I know the coaching there. But until we see them come out and pour it on Oregon yeah. or struggle to stay with Oregon um, or whatever the range is in between. Or just make weird mistakes. <clears throat> or weird mistakes, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. But, or not respond to something. To adversity. Right? Right. To adversity. Um, I, think, I think it's fair to say that the jury would still be out on this team. Yeah, the, and season openers, I think, do – sometimes they can not portend like – we came out of the Georgia Dome 2016, first game of the Kirby year, thinking, oh, it's going to be a really good year. Yeah. And it I wasn't. Mean, he wore the leather helmet. Or, <laughs> or for a better example, see, uh, see Wisconsin-Auburn in what year was that, 13, where Wisconsin-Auburn played that barn burner, and both of them ended up being like be terrible, eight yeah. and four, or four, I, I, four and eight, I mean. Yeah. Um, I think back to last year, though, that game, it, it's funny, that Clemson game, you left it. I know I felt this way, and it, I 
think a lot of people did. You walked away from it, even though Clemson turned out to not be good. Clemson turned out not to be But we Clemson. certainly didn't know that. At the time. And they also, to be fair, they were 9-3 and three and with injuries. So maybe we think of, we look back on Clemson last year as not that good when, in fact, they you know, were not given enough credit. But anyway, people left that game. I know I, I think the final line of my column yeah, from this. Charlotte was, get ready, this could be the year. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. people were like, oh. But I was like, look. The way that defense looked okay. and that uh, while that offense was sputtering around, they were missing yeah. so many key guys, so many key skill position guys. And so it, it ended up being an accurate reflection of if what that gonna team was going to be. If they were going to lose one, it was going to be that one. Yeah. yeah. That was the, that was the scheduling yeah. part of it, too, last year. Like, it clearly yeah. was all kind of, And I feel like that's actually not dissimilar to this year, right? Like, Agreed. I think Agreed. Clemson I, – I, we'll see whether this year's Oregon will be as good or better than or worse than last year's Clemson. Mm-hmm. But certainly this is the toughest game they've got for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So Oregon's a physical team uh, from what has been described to me. Uh, I don't know, honestly, too much about them. Georgia, as we sit here – I just came from interviews, and I think it was A.D. Mitchell was saying that they haven't started on Oregon yet. They yeah. haven't done their prep, which is normal. Right. Uh, They're treating it like a regular season yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You, you start for the opener, you start like Thursday of the previous week usually. Um, but they're a physical team, which I do have some questions about Georgia's line, like defensive line. I mean, obviously they're not going to be as good as last year when you lose three first round. That's still amazing to think about it. Right. How many times it's special to have three first round picks off the same team? They had it off the same defensive line. I I think it's interesting because a lot of people, like I remember watching Todd Gurley, uh, maybe the Clemson game, the the first Clemson game. Yeah. Uh, 14? uh, Yeah. I I turned in my life and it's like, we're watching a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. And I'm still not convinced had he not run into. Autograph hounds, uh, or be perfectly you know, the legal NCAA, now. or the NCAA. Yeah, that's the switch has not Yeah, Georgia got or, hosed with AJ Green and Todd Gurley, and I had to cover both those. Georgia got hosed, and poor beat writers who had to cover those, you know, minute by minute. You know, now, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like go because it's all about me. And I was about to say, mm-hmm. or the Georgia way. Um, yeah, I'm still convinced of that. But I walked out of the Clemson game last year, and I, I told my wife, it's like. We were about to see an incredible football mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Like we're, I, I, I said I don't know where this ends, but I feel one hundred percent confident we can make reservations for Atlanta right now. Which um, is, in fact, because one of the ironies of last year was when people were in the preseason were like, "Well, could, could Georgia be the team?" Because this year, this year mm-hmm. they finally got the quarterback right. <laughs> that was like the whole <laughs> thing. quarterback. That's that, right. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Was the idea they West Virginia's had, quarterback? The, the, the morning, uh, the morning after the. Uh, in Indianapolis, more than after the national championship, Kirby and Stetson and Lewis Seen had done their press conference thing. And um, actually, the beat writers, we just Stand decided up. to go I'm off sorry. the record and we waited for Kirby to get done with one of the ESPN people. And, you know, we just went up to him and said, hey, you know, just off the record, congratulations, you know, shook his hand and everything. Kirby looked at me and said, you were right. It was a special season. And I'm like, you know, because I think he. He's an athletic subscriber, I think, and he saw what good I wrote keeping, after the good, first one. Good, good job but, keeping that quote off the record. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he listens well, to us it, too. So it wasn't should. it wasn't like necessarily off the record. I'm just kidding. But yeah, just kidding. but um, but it was just kind of you know the, these guys are in their kind of silos, and I, maybe he didn't even realize it. I think he coming out of the Clemson game and early on, like Munkin kind of had a line about this when he did his 
press conference a couple of weeks ago. It's like someone asked him like something akin to when did you, you know, think that you had a good offense or whatever. And he's like, well, it certainly wasn't after the Clemson game. <laughs> but again, that was the, those of us who were looking at this team a little bit more detached were able to look at that offense and say, look at the injuries. Like when that, that offense gets its stuff in gear, but we had no idea that the quarterback would not well, that, be JT. I mean, Daniels. that was the thing of all last year, right? The, the, the offense, the defense was so good last year that the offense was consistently like every like we talk about Conley a lot on here. Every offensive number he had for Georgia was had them as one of the top offenses in the country last yeah. year, mm-hmm. and had Setson specifically as one of the best quarterbacks in the country last year. But it's still. I still feel obliged to remind everyone. I say this a lot on this podcast, but if you would have been following along on Twitter halfway through the third quarter of the uh, of the Georgia uh, Georgia Alabama game, there were not only fans but like prominent media members that covered the team being like, "Okay, it's probably time to go back to Daniels." And obviously that changed. Not mm-hmm. Seth. I was sitting next to Seth when it happened. I did not see him tweet that. Um, but uh, I've been through this enough to know. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Way to drive. Way to drive. <laughs> yeah. And um, so certainly. And listen, first off, here we are again, like previewing the next season, talking about last season. And how could you not, right, at a certain level? And I think that's where I that, – let's, let's make this our pivot toward this year, it, which is not just the attitude, but like we'll get to the defense in a second. The offense generally has more stuff back mm-hmm. than than the defense. Do you think this offense – I mean – if you if if they put up the numbers they did last year, like S and P and so on, they'll, they'll be one of the best offenses in the country again. Right? Do you think this is a year where people notice that more? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think. I, and you've started to hear the worm turn a little bit. I've I've seen more national people say, "Oh, you know, Georgia's offense. We don't talk enough about how it was better." last year um on the other hand i still get questions like i I do a odd radio bit here and there and um, i was doing one in uh tuscaloosa uh last week and they're like well so stetson bennett he's going to be the starter again i'm like yeah i'd say the guy that was offensive mvp of the orange bowl in the national championship and was fourth in the nation in in yards per attempt and third in efficiency right now i'd say he's going to be the starter um i mean daniels did transfer Yes. So uh, by the time this podcast airs, we're actually, by the time this podcast airs, yet another column I'm writing hyping up the tight ends will have run. This. It won't be enough. Yes. You mean you're publishing at 9 a.m.? Is, is that okay? Uh, yeah, well, six a.m. Actually, he's but, a senior uh, writer. Yeah, I will link it in the show notes of this episode. Perfect. How about that? But um, so the the injury to Andrew Paul, three star freshman tailback. Normally, you'd be like, okay, you know, it's bad for him. But to me, that's another reason to be bullish on them passing the ball a lot more. Because yes, he's only a three star tailback. He was not going to be one of the top three tailbacks. But now they're down to four scholarship tailbacks. They have that many tight ends who could be all SEC caliber tight ends. Oh, yeah. Because I'm throwing in Delp. You should. And there are people who tell me, don't sleep on Ryland Goaty and, and Brett Cedar, but it's just the top four guys, really the top three. And then never mind A.D. Mitchell and Dominic Blaylock. So as I say in this column, and I'll reiterate to you guys, coaches oftentimes coach from – fear as much as strengths and they fear their depth problems and they you know every time you hand the ball off to Kenny McIntosh or Kendall Milton or Dajon Edwards you're risking losing another tailback so why not just keep throwing the ball 
to and and there, it isn't like we're going to throw Ad Mitchell on this play. We're going to throw Eric Gilbert. They're going to put the ball in the hands of Stetson Bennett, their sixth-year senior, who they now completely trust, and say, "You decide who's going to throw the ball to." Who I mean, he is throw? older yeah. than everybody on BYU's team. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, this is going to sound derivative. It's also going to sound yeah, sports radio-ish. But you've been at practices, uh, so the 17 minutes you've got to see this 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 fall. You got to see some stretching. Uh, we've, we've, they've, they've let us see like 12, 13 minutes. Yeah. You know, okay. there, there were like some 15 minute bits. There were 20 minutes in spring. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I mean, what should we be excited about? Where I mean, so. Going, let's go through the the, the, the tight ends. Tight, Honestly, well, of course, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've I've been able to like just being next to Darnell Washington and I mean, Eric it's like, Gilbert. It's like I mean, it's, especially got Washington. Little, he's got but, other little tight ends revolving yeah. around. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, and one of them was an All American last year. <laughs> um, I I mean, I think when I talk about. Am I excited about anything this season? Like, and and I, I mean, as a writer for a story, we're no longer chasing the will Georgia get over the hump story. So, not never mind that. But I'm I'm very interested to see how Stetson Bennett does. I, I want to see. I mean, I'm not talking about Heisman Trophy, but again, yeah. you know who who throws any who it. throws anything out at this point. I'll I mean, take he, it. No one thought Stetson Bennett was going to lead. The I mean, people had JT Daniels as a possible yeah. Heisman Trophy winner but, going into last but year. But I'm, I want to see if he really just completely just finally shuts up the critics. Yeah. And I mean, and and by critics, I mean even the Georgia fans who were who were pissed that he decided to come back, robbing them of is either still, JT coming back ten? or Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff. The answer to the question is no. If he's still five ten, he will not shut him up. Yeah. Um, well, he could be top five, and I think there'd be people going. Yeah, well. I mean, I think part of that's like recruiting, ranking, like the obsession oh, yeah. with all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff at a certain level. But I'm actually curious about the defense, actually, which mm-hmm. is the idea, like the whole the whole notion, the whole reason that Kirby Smart retired in the first place is the idea you're, you're trying to build Alabama. You're never mm-hmm. you're never really losing anybody. Mm-hmm. You're always three deep, and, so, and I know that this is kind of how they structured their defense last year, anyway, right? Like it's yep. not like it's not like they never had any backup set. They were always being like cycled in and so on. It was something like twenty. It was no, I, I, I can quote this accurately. Uh, twenty players got at least two hundred snaps. Yeah, if right. I'm, which is wrong. crazy. And there were. a decent amount i looked at it because glenn schumann said that during his press conference but there were a decent amount that were like 120 and above right, also right, right. yeah which so a lot like, of that's garbage time but and, and they haven't like lost a lot of those guys so and those like, garbage time guys are the ones that are not going to be playing. so that's the notion yeah like, do, are they uh, i know no one does depth charts anymore because uh, that that would do that would you would hand them to oregon and give them a competitive advantage yeah but cert- as if dan lanning yeah he has no can, idea who can himself yeah, you know, yeah. he recruited half <laughs> you know, team. but certainly is is that in motion now? Like, is that like yeah. is this the first test of that, or was last year the first test of that? I, I think, in terms of just you're able to reload and everything. Yeah, the idea that like the the whole notion of because I mean, listen, the easy thing to say from the national perspective about Georgia is, well, geez, I mean, you can't help but lose something if you're losing yeah. that many for well, first round picks. But the whole idea, first off, none of those people were first round picks in any mock draft at all last year until like halfway through the year. Yeah. So the, the and I think that's that that would be the Georgia argument is like we recruit these guys, but we also make these guys. Right. Is that something that? Looks like it uh, is that well positioned to be put in motion. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of one of those PR pitches I got from a um, one of the gambling sites today, talking about 
um, in, in one line in there was just like, can, can Georgia, has Georgia slipped because it's lost virtually every player who was a key piece on its defense? I'm like, Virtually every player, yeah. the the guy who had the pick six yeah, to clinch it is still there. Yeah, yeah. Sophomore, uh, right. yeah, uh, redshirt sophomore. Um, the leader in sacks yeah. is back. Does everyone know who that is? By the way, was it Jalen Carter? No, it's not him. Jalen Carter's back. He's going to be like a top yeah. three pick, but I'm is not it him. Nolan Smith? No, um, but he's second. But the, I believe. But the fact we can't guess it's kind Robert of, Beal. Oh my right? gosh. The, the fact that we can't guess it is a little bit of a like test. They have, that's the tell, right? It's a that's test. The test. Yeah. Right. They have 60 or seniors, super seniors, actually, if you want to throw in Christopher Smith at safety. They've got Robert Beal and William Poole, uh, nickel, Robert Beal at edge. Um, they're, they're super seniors. They're, you know what this year's team is going to be a test of is not just – the yeah, can you reload? Because they're not gonna they're gonna be playing. For instance, guys like five star Malachi Starks, some snaps. Eventually, he may be starting. Right. But it's gonna be the Christopher Smiths, the Dan Jacksons, the William Pools, the Robert Beals, Nolan Smith, who's still a four year guy, um, who are gonna be getting a lot of playing time early. And it's a matter of can you have these guys who aren't gonna be? I mean, Nolan Smith may be a first round pick. Keely Ringo and and Jalen Carter will be, but. Can you, can you combine the veteran leadership with you know guys who are not first round picks with the youth, the guys like the inside linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson? Everyone's been high on this guy for a while now. Um, only a sophomore, and he's about to have a coming out year, but he's still only a sophomore, second year guy. So there's that, and the second cornerback. Opposite Ringo is going to be either Kamari Lasseter or Nylon Green, probably Kamari Lasseter. These are both also second-year guys. Those guys are going to give up plays. Those guys are going to be burned at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Campbell was a very high pick. He was first pick of the second round when he came out. But his true freshman year, Mm -hmm. he was burned a lot. I remember that. Well, I mean, you bring up a good point because one of the things that – I mean, William Poole's going to probably start a star, right? So At this point, that would be my guess. Is Tyke Smith back in the mix? Uh, he's still, still he's still working his way really? back. Okay. Yeah, but with, but with William Poole, I mean, his progression from the SEC championship game to the Orange Bowl to the national championship game is amazing. And the, the confidence that the coaches had because they still had Latavius Brinney. Right, they had pulled uh, Latavius Brinney, who had done a solid job, I thought, and they started William Poole, and everyone's like, you know, what are you doing? And they put him back out there. It was like sticking with Stetson Bennett, like. I remember talking with uh, Buck Ballou, um last month in Atlanta, and I'm like, I, and I think I can tell this story on the air. It's not a Buck may have said it on his own many radio shows. I'm guessing but, he would. But sure. I was like, so when when did you finally believe that Stetson could do it? And he said, Orange Bowl. And I think that that's, that's probably fair. what it was for that's a fair. lot of people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was writing in the interval between the SEC championship and the Orange. Sorry, we're going back to Stetson. Uh, how can he not? Well, but, he's also the starter. Right. Yes, yeah, but I, I was writing, if Daniels is healthy, maybe they need to give him a look. Um, I didn't say they definitely would right. or that they definitely should. I just said maybe they need to. Um, but when Todd Munkin came out before the Orange Bowl and said yeah. he's our starter. I'm like, eh. Definitively. Yeah, right. Right. which is, by the way, why he needs to talk more. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, Because if someone had said that during the damn season, yeah. it might have shut up a lot of people. So I was talking about the William Poole thing just because, and you, you kind of made the point I was going to, is like 
if if you were to look at some of the depth charts that other that not the team puts together, but other teams put the other sites the sites put together, whatever, you see a ton of freshmen out there. Yeah, um, especially defensive side, uh, which you would expect. Um, but you know, you bring up a good point, and if you talk a little bit, just a little bit about the the. Do you think Georgia coaches are underrated on developing talent? Yeah. I mean, look no further than, like Will was saying, the uh, last year's draft, this year's draft, and how few of those guys were projected yeah. to to go where they did. Jordan Davis was a three-star. Now, Jordan Davis may not have been a development situation. That may have been a recruiting miss right. by right. a lot of people right. other than Georgia. But, like, there were no Georgia defensive players in almost every mock draft until halfway through last I mean, season. And then all, they, all of a sudden they were everywhere. I mean, I mean Devontae Wyatt's a guy that just got yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. All the time, Dan Jackson. I mean, yeah, I don't think he was a recruiting miss. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dave, uh, you and can George go. had a punter drafted last year. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. in, in the whole scope yeah. of that things. That sounds made up. That, that's what's crazy <laughs> to me. I mean, how many punters are drafted? Well, three last year. But I, I guess this is my overarching question about all of this, which is it's not like last year. Like, I think about Kirby's second year where it felt like there was this natural, there was this merging of the Rick era and the start of the Kirby Smart era, and it felt like a special season. Like, last year was obviously a special season. They won the national championship. But that had, like, stars that, like, that have continued to mm-hmm. filter out throughout the universe. What's interesting about what Georgia seems to be trying to build here is the idea that you can have at the beginning of the year a bunch of defensive players that are not on a first-round draft mm-hmm. pick and all of a sudden are be able to show out this year and they're able to make those guys. Is that the uh, not yeah. not that they're trying to make NFL draft picks, but is that the notion that like you just keep building on building on building mm-hmm. and eventually the top stuff's going to emerge. Well, now that you put it that way, I think I go to the idea of are we really underrating this defense because we're just because they lost guys. Because we're looking at all the right. people they've lost. Right. When you pull back, I've seen mock drafts that have three first-rounders right. off this right. defense right. in Jalen Carter, obviously, but Keeley Ringo and Nolan Smith also. So let's say you have those three first-rounders. You have a, then a dose of veterans like Robert Beal and Christopher Smith and William Poole. Super seniors, yeah. And, and some of the guys on the defensive line like Zion Logue and Azir Stackhouse, Tramel Walthour. Um, and then you just have a dose of freshmen, or not even freshmen, but second-year guys like Dumas Johnson, Lassiter, and Green. And and honestly, like if you weren't coming off of last year's defense, would you look at the makeup of this year's defense and say, "That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good group." I think that's what's the strange when we kind of look at it because I think I, I listen. You know how national reporters are. National reporters look at who's staying. Who's the quarterback? Who's mm-hmm. the skill position guys? How many guys did they lose? And they look at these basic things. But it, I have to say when it comes to the defense of Georgia, I mean, obviously you lose something not having Jordan Davis and losing some of these guys. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're not built. It doesn't seem to me, not just with the talent they have coming in, but the talent that got in a bunch last year mm-hmm. that's already experienced It looks like they're built to be this every year moving forward. And the idea that we're looking at their defense last year and saying, how unusually special – well, we knew the defense was going to be good last year. Going in, we knew their defense was going to be good last year. But it feels like it's built to have that every year. Well, I mean, this is why you stack great recruiting class on top of great recruiting class, and this is why you don't go into the transfer portal. And that's a good sign. Now, Georgia kind of has a couple transfers. Here and, there. Here and there. Eric Gilbert is essentially a, a new transfer. 
because he wasn't available last year. Tyke Smith, if you can get anything out of him, I'm not sure he's going to be a big impact player, but um, guys like that. I mean, but yeah, Georgia didn't. Georgia lost 15 NFL picks and didn't need to go portaling. Right. Didn't feel they need to go. Now we may, we say that now. We may after the Oregon game be going. Why didn't they go get there and there yeah, and there? But, and there? Yeah. but they didn't do it because they didn't feel like they needed. It wasn't like Dabo where there was like a principle sort of thing. No, like it was, it was they felt no, comfortable yeah. what they yeah. were doing. Yeah. yeah. So well, I mean, I think one of the things that getting back to the whole um, what you were saying about the number of plays, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's two things that play here, right? The first is once you get past Oregon, Georgia does have a fair number of games where you expect some of those freshmen to play a significant number of snaps. Yeah. And whether we like to believe it or not, getting in a real game situation, even if it's against Kent State, it matters. But some of those guys are going to have significant snaps Kent against State South Carolina. Sanford, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, we'll bring it up. South Carolina brings up the interesting post-Oregon, but honestly you can throw Oregon in there too. Um, but the post-Oregon part of the schedule with the SEC East and – Maybe you throw Auburn in there, but I don't think you do, the, the way things are going for them. There are so many solid teams on Georgia's schedule. Yeah. Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee. Tennessee could be a danger. Um, uh, I'm forgetting an East team. Mississippi, oh, Missouri. Mi- Mississippi State's in there. Missouri's in there. Florida, uh, maybe? Florida. Florida. <laughs> right. So they play them. Out of, out of that group. Okay, so basically everybody they play except Vanderbilt and maybe Auburn. There are teams that wow. are like, I love that. That are God. what direction are these teams going to go? Like Mississippi State because they're coached by Mike Leach, they they might be mediocre the whole season but then might like have the game of their life the, yeah. the night you play them. But let's they just be, let's just take those East yeah. teams. Yeah. South between South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee and Missouri. Especially the first. I'm sorry. Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, mm-hmm. maybe Missouri. Out of that group, is somebody much better than expected? Or are two teams much better than expected? Or is everybody what you expect, which is Kentucky every year? Which means solid team, but they still lose I mean, to Georgia. Based on the preseason hype, it seems like South Carolina is feeling that way with uh, Rattler and Beamer being yeah. all over social media. And that, that's a portal. Well, Beamer's going to be all over social media no he's matter. He's, at he's it. good at he, He's very good he, at He's it. selling his program. He's doing the right thing. But, like, yeah, South Carolina is a portal test. It's a test for the portal era because if, if Rattler and those other offensive guys – they, they, they got a bunch of transfers. Like They've got a wide receiver from James Madison who put up big numbers at that level, um, for instance. And they've got a guy who was Wake Forest's leading rusher last year, which worked out for Michigan State last year. but Did not different. work out for Georgia three years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But it was a, I mean, honestly, but like, it's one thing to use a transfer portal. Spencer Rattler is a coup for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a terrific guy. Even if yeah. he turns yeah. out to be as inconsistent as he was at Oklahoma. Like, whatever. Like, he got, he got the guy that everyone thought was going to be there one draft pick coming in the last yeah. year, and he's playing in mm-hmm. Columbia. And, and I wonder if that speaks to – it's like we've talked about the idea of the way things – like, we talked about the SEC East, and we talked a little bit before we even got started talking about how things are changing. And I always kind of feel this – every time I look at college football right now, I have a piece in New York Magazine about this this week, about how I feel like this need to save – because we're running out of time, so I want to get some like big questions from you. It feels like we're coming to the end – 
Like, I want to savor everything with college football right now. I'm mm. not saying I'm not going to like it in three years, but it's going to be different. It's going to be different, and I think it's going to get even more different after yeah. that. And we've talked about the SEC East. Florida seems like they're going in the right direction. Tennessee seems like they're going in the right direction. South Carolina seems like they're going in the right direction. We can argue what the ceiling for what they're trying to do is, but clearly they're all going, they're going in the right direction. How, f- like, Georgia has benefited for a while. Sometimes they've not taken advantage of this ben- being, this be- being uh, having this benefit of having the East mm-hmm. and being kind of set up. If this season becomes a, you beat Oregon, because if you beat Oregon, it sort of looks like... Last year? It kind of does. I mean, we'll see if one of those steps up like you're mm-hmm. talking about. You, you beat Oregon 11 and one's the worst you can expect. I mean, well, the worst, you, who knows what can happen, but certainly... The expectation would be you're in the you're probably in the SEC. If you get in the SEC championship game and you have not lost to Oregon, then you've got the backup, right? That's the backup, which is basically what they had last year. Is when you look at how not to say that like anyone's going to be like. Here's the best way to ask the question. You talked earlier about the, the, how fewer people are reading your stuff, which I get. We mm-hmm. see it. We see it. Like there's a there's a there's, there's a, a little bit of a vibe shift. Of yeah. No one is urgent and has their hands right. on the side of the seat. When does that come back? Like, what makes that come back? I don't know if it's once we're getting closer to the actual game, to the Oregon game, or whether it takes them losing. It might be a loss, right. It, right. It, it'll be, and that night might not be till December right. or January. <laughs> but... Um, and it probably depends on the the individual person. Like there, it there may be so many people that are still so hungover by. And by the way, with the overlap of the Braves and Georgia <laughs> fan bases, as we saw last year, like the Braves are still doing well. So it, it's kind of tough for some people to get invested in, in Georgia football right now. Um, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's amazing, man. It's, it's amazing to say, and, but yeah. 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 Um, so. I, I mean, I'm very interested to see it, um, but like on a national scale, Georgia football isn't this major storyline yeah. right. anymore. You're not, uh, and I'm not having people call me on, you know, from national shows and bring me on to find while I'm asking about like championship or bust. But Georgia's still getting voted number three in the nas- in the preseason polls, and everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, Georgia's arrived and, and getting first place. Complacency goes. in some quarters comes with that. But but the t- you're not again from the time you've been able to see them. You're not seeing this from like did Kirby Smart enjoy this at all? Like did he get a chance to like I, I asked him as like a human oh, yeah. question. As, as like like yeah. I mean he I, I don't know what like what his off season was like like in his did he ever have a moment? I haven't had a chance to ask him where he was like oh man I did it, but. I mean, we all saw him on the stage in Indianapolis. I mean, you know, quoting Larry Munson. <laughs> I mean, it had, it had you know, a, he 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 understood. He had he to wear it. a leather leather helmet. Well, okay, that was the night that yeah. it happened. But I'm like, like you always hear coaches. I think this is but is this a big Red Arbach thing that like you have to be miserable all the time to be able to be successful in this. Yeah. You cannot enjoy anything at all. That seems terrible to me. I have to say. But like, do you sense from times that you've talked to him? Does he still have the same? edge or prickliness or 
Has, has there been any easing in that? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I was at SEC Media Days. People kept asking me, is like, or, or observing because Kirby was was loose. He was quoting Thoreau, um, which he did last year, by the way. He was doing Watching you know, Stranger Things. I think it was. Yeah, he was talking about Stranger Things and everything. Kirby and, Smart and, from Bainbridge was quoting Thoreau. Yeah, he did that last year at Media Days, which gets to my point where people were like, oh, man, he seems so loose. I guess winning the national championship relax him. I'm like, no, it just depends on the setting. He's, he's always been, except for his very first year when he was a little more nervous, you know, his first time at Media Days. But he's, he's always been more loose in that setting because that's what you're there to do. Whereas, like, after a practice, he'll still be... You know, surly because you know it looks like he's mad at us, but in fact he's mad at something that happened in practice, and he's still belaboring it. Um, it it's it's just I, I don't know that I've seen him change. No, I mean that's good, right? I mean he he watched Saban do it. You know he he's, he's been through this. This is not new for him. So yeah. fifteen and zero is what you're saying. <laughs> um. I, I guess, I, and I, I know the Saban thing is true, but like, it's like he went to school here. He knows exactly what it means to win a yeah. national championship in Georgia. Yeah, and I think that has. I, I will I say it's a subplot to the season. I will say I did hear in the lead up last year, the off season before the twenty twenty one season, and I think the way twenty twenty went, I don't mean COVID, I mean like going eight and two and right. losing to Florida, not even getting back to the SEC right. championship. I heard from a lot of people close to within the program that we need to get over the hump. Yeah. We need to, the pressure was on. They right. were feeling the internal pressure. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are now complacent. Like, yeah, force fine, right? But you know, they there was definitely a different vibe entering last year. So that's than what there I'm saying. This year. Like that's yeah. that's legitimately all I'm saying. It's not that like it's all of a sudden that they're all like smoking joints halfway through practice, being like, "Hey, let's see what happens." Well, I mean, we're only out there for 12 minutes. Yes, we don't know what happens when we leave. Yeah. <laughs> there'd be more. There, no one. There'd be, there'd be no one to throw. Media's gone, boys. All right, bring it up. <laughs> light one up. Roll them um, if you got them. But certain. But that, that to me is the. It's hard not – I think it's the fan story, but I also think it's kind of the team story, the idea of when you do – like they just did the thing. Yeah. They just did the thing. They did the thing that they, that they were brought here to do, mm-hmm. that they sent Mark Richt out to make sure they could do. Mm-hmm. They did it. It seems impossible to me that human nature would not have like, some like, sort of difference. Like I said earlier, the last year's team, I don't remember a player ever trying to pretend they weren't aware of the 41 year drought. They, they, I don't know if I'd say they embraced it. Some did maybe, but they, they knew it. And this year's team knows that that pressure is off too. The, the thing that Kirby's trying to push is that because you lost 15 players to the NFL, the guys that are back, they have something to prove. Every year is different. And college football does like naturally allow for that. Like when you win a Super Bowl in the NFL, Belichick's been able to avoid this some of the time. But like, I guess when you actually look at their dynasty over the years, they didn't repeat that often. Right. It was more of a they like know, they ran like five in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. but still in the NFL, you know, you you got free agency and everything. But it, in college football, you really do turn over the roster a lot more, and so that's why maybe in Alabama's had more motivation. To you know, that's what Saban's been able to use. Like, okay, yeah, last year's right. team right. won a ring, but did you? Yeah. Maybe you got a ring, but do you think you deserved it? Don't you want it? 
Yeah, and I think that's a, an interesting. It's an interesting point to make um, because right now Alabama and Ohio State are kind of prohibitive favorites. Yeah, and I think we're now a program that I mean, we as a podcast has talked about Georgia as a national potential national championship program, um, but I think now nationally people are looking at Georgia as a national championship program. I mean, just big picture view, how is it unrealistic to expect Georgia to be in that conversation? No, I mean, the way they've recruited every year and the fact that they now have a coach who, I mean, I think he's answered the critics. Uh, Number one, I I think I I say this as someone who was kind of defending him even before last year. I defended him on the Jake Fromm, Justin Fields thing. Um, and I defended him on like as a game day coach and a guy, this guy doesn't that get enough thing, out of his right? talent. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were obviously some, yeah. like he had some hiccups, it's very fair, like we the South talk, Carolina game we, in 2019, we haven't talked about the, fake punt in a while. the fake punt, the, you know, the field goal decision at LSU in 2018. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there were obviously some things, but I kept coming back to guys, this guy was a busted coverage away from winning it all in 2017. Let's not act like this is a guy who only wins championships in, in January. He's, he's a, he's a good coach winning the national championship, put that to rest. You know, it's not a fluke. He not only won one national championship, but he almost won two and winning it with Stetson freaking Bennett, I think shut people up about like his decision to stick with Fromm. Um, and 2020 was just that's super interesting. Know, I hadn't even thought thing. of it in that way. Yeah, that's my comeback now to anybody. Yeah. Like, like, what about Fromm and Fields? Or like, he won a championship with Stetson Bennett. Like, I think he knows what he's doing. Maybe he does. He knows his team. He knows that. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone knew that. I mean, I had a Jake Fromm story earlier this week. I was going to so tell you, yeah, yeah, but but, um, but thank you. But but like, everyone knew Justin Fields was an NFL star and like whatever but jake Fromm was better we were all for here. georgia we yeah. were all here we, we all, all saw yeah. what happened yeah. yeah and yeah and jt daniels has a better chance still of playing in the nfl than stetson bennett yeah. does but who was a better quarterback for georgia <laughs> yeah it's funny somebody asked me the other day it's like do you think stetson gets drafted I was like, no chance stetson gets drafted <laughs> no he he's a, a, he's a free agent signing at best yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's, he's gonna have a radio show here in town no, he'll be selling Kias. Uh, before yes. you go, I have a question for you about just touch on the um, special teams and then one person on offense, defense, and special teams that we're not thinking about that's going to surprise us. Uh, well, it depends on how you, how you define like we're not thinking about. Like freshman or second year that we had. Okay, so Jamon Dumas Johnson on defense might be a breakout guy by the time you like everyone's arguing about or everyone's wondering who the other inside linebacker is going to be. Like, and that's with like five stars in the mix: Mm -hmm. Myel Munden and Zayvon Sword. Never been a question about that guy, about Dumas Johnson. So that's kind of the easy answer. We might be forgetting about Dan Jackson. Like, I'm not. You know. Okay. but on offense, uh, is it, Oscar Delp? I mean, is he going to get? No, I mean, I wouldn't go that far yet. Like, I was almost thinking, like, you know, Ad Mitchell could be. Guy's got like, you know, first round talent. 
he does. I don't know if he'll see it this year, but like, what? Wonder if like the tight ends will take so much attention away that they get a lot of one-on-one matchups there that they're able to exploit. Um, and well, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll. I was going to say special teams, and I'll throw it into offense too. Kiaris Jackson, if he's healthy. He doesn't get enough credit. Like he's he's boring to a lot of people because he's not real tall right. and he's not real fast. Right. But he if he's healthy, he's really good. And he also like sometimes you you hear questions from I get questions from people like you know who's going to return punts? Like we need someone who can be a game breaker. I'm like who's going to return punts? Kiaris Jackson's been yeah. returning punts for two years and he's come really close to breaking ones. Just no one he's gives so him any credit. Close. Yeah, he's so always close. close. Yeah, so yeah. close. Um, so if he's and, healthy, and I think what Kirby values, yeah. he doesn't drop the ball. Yeah, right. He makes very good decisions about fair catches or let the ball go. Yeah, Kiaris Jackson is the guy who's like on all these committees and everything. He's going to be like you know governor of Georgia someday, but like he he's not tall and he's not fast, right. so he's boring to a lot of fans. Yeah. But like, keep an eye out for. Let's see if he he's a little under the radar. Good. Well, I know you have to go, so thank you for uh, thank you for book, having the me. Book, the book is uh, "Seize the Moment." What's the name of the book? <laughs> it's your elite fight your, the day, fight. As, my, as my sister called it. I thought you meant I thought you meant the next one. Either you're elite yeah. or you're not. Yeah, and, and yeah. people like have asked me like, "Are you going to write another book?" I'm like, "All right, well, if, if someone comes to me and says, here's a million dollars, sure, I'm going to write another book." Hell, but probably book not. But I would say to put in a plug for my book, go back and read it now knowing what has happened because it was published 2020 it was based on everything leading up to it was it was through 2019 so it's really the story of how kirby smart how georgia decided to hire kirby smart the last year of the mark rick era and then kirby smart's first two years i think it it's i, I try to write it as like a history document and it's luckily the, it's the it, origin it holds story. up it's, it's the, the or, it's exactly story. it's the origin story and yeah. i think i think it makes for a good read now if you already own it great go buy another one and and I mean, reason. some people have kids, and, yeah. and and so. But I said this before. Last thing, and th- thanks for coming. But like, last, like I don't understand how you can be a Georgia football fan and not read. Seth, you got to read the book. The athletic. I'm, I'm done with the athletic. Like, read read the athletic. Yeah. The book. Yeah, the book, yeah. The, the book the is book great. Is but like, honestly, but like, I don't the know. The book how you has original. The the, yeah. the athletic has original stuff. I don't know how you follow the team. Without oh no, the athletic has the best. Uh, yeah, absolutely, so, has and, the best current reporting. In all seriousness, even if even if uh, you still haven't apparently earned that senior writer credit <laughs> that you were working for, so. I got I got to talk to my IT people. <laughs> it's in the contract. What yeah. do you care? All right, yeah. thank you, Seth. Thank you for coming. Uh, best of luck at everything, and I uh, thank you and guys. I'll uh, hope to uh, continue to uh, beat you in fantasy baseball. That's right. You're in what place? Uh, third. I'm in third. I'm in. Uh, yeah, not third. I'm in seventh. We're He's one a, one out of the playoff spot. You're fighting my son for playoffs, playoff position. He is the, <laughs> the scary pitcher. My son basically owes, owns our team. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who make it. Duvall does this as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of backup. My son is running lead on it. Um, I will be safe, man, and we'll right. see you. Uh, we'll see you during the season, man. Thank you for everything. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Good to see you, Seth. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll let you change. Oh God, I guess I have to talk now. So it seems like a good time to talk about 7-6 apparel. Um, you know, 7-6, if you don't know about Chase Kelly, uh, Michigan State quarterback, go out and take a look at the 7-6. Um, 
you know, I recently was looking at some some of their belts and some other things on there. If you don't know this, Scott does a lot of the photography for their stuff. Uh, but just like the the Braves, some of the Braves stuff is just amazing. Uh, whether it be Billy Bats or uh, they now have the Athens Hunt Club shirts and hats out there, including from the old Duck Hunter shirts. It's just really cool stuff. Uh, if you're thinking what you want to to wear for your game day stuff, they got some some fishing shirts and things like that. It's really cool what they're doing. And one of my favorite things right now is uh, it's out of stock, but hopefully it'll be in with the pennant hat with the 2021 on it and the old school Dan McGill Block G full mesh hat. It's just really incredible stuff. Uh, we appreciate 76 Apparel sponsoring the podcast this season. Look them up. It's called at d76.com. That was amazing, Tony. That was fantastic. We we were walking Seth out, and you handled the... You, you know yeah. what's what's great about that is that I had done some digging and research on what I was going to kind of bring up as like a fun bit, but we're going to save that for game week now because yeah. it'll still be relevant then. I'm sorry. For you people, it's not game week yet. <laughs> but for... Right, so let's get this out of the way. Let's get out of the way. So Will's Fonny and I are week playing zero. a week zero game. There, I... So I have not sent out the invitations yet for the fun office pools. That's intentional. Um, it's intentional because I've been really busy this week. Uh, I hope to do that this week, uh, later this week. But there are some games that of interest, including Illinois and uh, Wyoming. Also, Nebraska and Northwestern are playing in Dublin, of all mm-hmm. places. That's uh, when I was in Ireland. 1230. 1230. Yeah, 12.30 when I was in Ireland. The, the, my cab driver had a long conversation with me about that, and I apologize that that was the game we were importing to them or <laughs> exporting to them. It was, suppo- remember, it was supposed to be Illinois and Nebraska during the pandemic year. I know. Illinois Nebraska were supposed to play an island. And we got to, it, it, I, because of that game, I got to see the first score of the college football season yeah. and the last score of the college football <laughs> season in person. Uh, and they were both special teams or non, non-offensive right. touchdowns. Um, and then uh, there's an SEC team playing the kickoff, the week zero. But we're not sure if they play on Saturday or Sunday. Right, because the Hawaii is the Hawaii. Well, they, no, they play 1030. Uh, they it's play already like Tuesday. 1030 God's time. Yeah. Or it's yeah. last Tuesday. It's like Australia. Yeah. That was very. Thank you to Seth for coming by, uh, Tony. I we completely for, I, I think I had sent him up two years ago. I just completely forgot to reach out this year, but Tony was all over it. So. Yeah, no, he he reached out. I mean, it's like, hey, I'm available if y'all want yeah, me. I was like, what about COVID, man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was great to have Seth here and somebody that's actually intelligent about football stuffs. But I think that, like, and again, I don't know how much more we want to go into the season before we get into our stuff. But I I, I do think that putting a button on the idea of you know, I think he got into a good. We got a good breakdown of offense and defense, and and yeah. kind of all that of it. I do think that is. I think I'm right. I think that's the ultimate question of the season, and I think Seth actually kind of touched on that a little bit. The idea that like that thing that everybody knew about, and it was this everybody had on their shoulders, isn't there anymore. That doesn't mean they're not going to be great. It doesn't mean they're not even going to win a national championship. It just means it is different. It is different for fans. I'm so glad he said that about traffic to a stories because I had suspected that. I had suspected that. We've talked about us yeah. with our yeah. attitude. Or the I'm side. following this. I mean, we're we're now a week and a half away from the first game, and I'm closer. Oh, I'm but there. I'm, still, I'm, I'm not there. entirely there. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, there was a point this week where it snapped me back to reality. 
And that's when I read the story about our fourth string running back tearing his ACL, Andrew Paul. He mentioned that. And that's where I saw it on Twitter and I was like, oh no. And I, that, I called yeah, yeah, that was it. And I was like, I was like, and then I started yeah, thinking, I was like, great. okay, we got Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton's often injured. You got Dijon Edwards and oh. then some other freshman that is a four star, but he's a yeah. freshman. So that only leaves us four. And then there's a walk on. And I, I kind of freaked. Had that was your, moment. that was your, the Russian is cut. Moment. The Russian is cut. Moment. Yeah. 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 So great. whenever that happened, that's what great. a couple days ago, like on that's a great. Sunday or something that, that was my moment when I was like, that's okay, great. we're back. I, I think it's interesting. We've got all the way through this. We haven't mentioned that Drew Bobo is a four-string offensive lineman. <laughs> um, I don't, also don't think we're talking enough about how um, Will Muschamp's kid is a backup quarterback and Mike Bobo's kid is a yeah. backup lineman. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's just where we are. Um, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, though. I, I think it is – It adds an extra dimension to the to the, sure. run, to the, to the run the ball, Bobo. It does. It does run the, <laughs> run the ball, Muschamp. Um, so I, I – and maybe this is kind of where we, where we jump off. I think it's safe to assume all three of us think George is going to win the East. Um, yeah, we never predicted. We were all cagey last week. Yeah, saying I think Florida. I, think I mean, we all were cagey. I, I was like, Georgia's going to win the yeah. East. Yeah. Um, I also think it's safe to say that that we feel comfortable. And I don't want to go through all the games. Should we go through all the games? To me, it's more, to me, the fundamental question is <clears throat> what an amazing place to be at this point in the season. Where we're and like, for are, are we going to be 10 and 2 are you and 12 be, and 0? Are you, no, are you going to be undefeated going into the SEC championship yeah. game? Do you have the cushion that you had last year? That is the fundamental question of this Georgia football season. Do you have the cushion to where if you lose the SEC championship game, you can still get in the playoff? That's the question. I, I, and that's, that's where Georgia is now. Yeah. And that might change if the divisions change and the schedules change. But right now, with the SEC East the way that it is, the question is if you – like, do, do you have a loss going the SEC? Go to Atlanta 12 and 0. Yeah. And, I mean, and if you, and because if, because it, it changes the whole vibe. Are we going to predict that? Think about how different the vibe is if they go into that game having lost a game last year. And then that loss in that game becomes devastating rather than, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're going right. to Michigan. We'll be fine. And that's what this season is. And I would argue until the SEC expands or becomes the AFC or whatever, these things are going to happen. That really is a question. Do you go into the SEC championship or Florida explodes big or Tennessee explodes big or whatever until that happens. The question is, do you go into the SEC uh, SEC championship game undefeated or not? Uh, And that's a pretty amazing place to be. Well, two things that have to happen. The first is if, if you're going to lose a game, I think you have to lose to an SEC East team that goes to Atlanta at eleven and one or twelve. It's not going to happen. No, let, me, okay. let me let me finish that out. Sorry. Right. So, um, you have to lose to an SEC East team that explodes. Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina. That would make me sick. But um, you know, you have to lose to that team. The second thing that has to happen is you have to have at least all the rest of the major conference champions to be one-loss teams, right? Right. right? And it doesn't hurt to have Oregon winning the Pac-12 at 10 and, uh, 11 and 2, right? Two losses with Georgia winning over Oregon. If you didn't notice from that, there are a lot of ifs. Yeah. Uh, it's not a place I don't think we want to be. But, I, you know, I, I will predict Oregon next week, but it feels like... 
look, I I went through you know, drink. We're going to talk about Buck Conley now, or I'm going mm-hmm. to. Um, I wrote that in my fill still since he helpfully <laughs> writes in a gate tag. Yes. Um, <laughs> like the, the closest game right now Georgia has, according to uh, Bill Best Conley thing. and also ESPN's FPI, is Mississippi State on the road. Really? Including Oregon. Including, yeah, including Oregon? Yeah. 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 Right now, uh, Mississippi State is uh, 80, is, Georgia is 85% win, uh, according to FPI. Oregon's 91%. Wow. Uh, if you look at um, if you look at ESP, look at Bill Conley's numbers, it's Tennessee at thirteen point two, but Oregon and Mississippi State are right there at fifteen point five and fourteen point seven. So you know, it's just it's one of those things where when you think about what Georgia is going to this season. My personal opinion is the team is going to come together. It's going to get much better, kind of in a way the offense did last year. And, and maybe the defense does. I don't know. It's just I, – I just – You don't see a loss? I, it's hard to see a loss. I, you know, I feel the same way. I, I, feel like I, I feel like if I were being smart and not trying to be cute, that I would say 11-1. and one. I just don't know where that one's going to be, especially if they can get through this game against Oregon because it kind of feels like Clemson light. It's like the free app version of how I felt last year for Clemson uh, being a non-conference game. I don't really feel bad about it because they lost Thibodeau last year. They got Bo Nix as a potential starter. We've seen. Yeah, what, and we'll talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know but, bro. But I, but I don't bro. know. I don't know. I, I want to say they go 11-1 and one and then make the SEC championship game and let the chips fall where they may. But I just don't know. There's no team that scares me. But that's the fundamental question for this season. Again, until Florida makes a big step forward, yeah, or until or until they have or Texas Texas or Kentucky, yeah, 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 or they have a Texas A and M or or Alabama as a crossover team, or until the divisions all blow up and none of this matters anyway. The fundamental question is for Georgia: Are they eleven and one going into the SC championship game, or are they twelve and zero? That that is the question, and stat guys will tell you that while they are ninety one percent in all in, in Oregon and whatever 80, whatever it was for Mississippi, add all those up throughout the year, it becomes less than fifty percent that they will go twelve and zero. Yeah. Now, speaking to your point, Scott, finding that one game is hard, but. They lost to South Carolina at home a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Weird bleep happens. Yeah, I know. So like, and so that that's what a Bill Connolly would tell you is that yeah, they're ninety one to beat our Oregon, and they're eighty whatever or seventy or whatever to beat Mississippi State, and they're eighty and they're ninety two to beat Florida. But add all those things together, the probability of losing any of those ends up becoming. Less than fifty percent to go undefeated, and that's the fundamental question of the season: Are you undefeated heading into the SEC championship? It won't always be that way, but I think that's the question for this season. I mean, the same stat guys also tell you that Georgia has either the first or second highest percentage chance of being twelve and zero. Yeah, and, um, and, and listen, I think that, that I mean, what a place to be! Where it's, right. it's, be, it's slightly below fifty percent that they'll go twelve. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's like I think it's like like thirty seven yeah, for Georgia like, so, and thirty six yeah. for Ohio yeah. State. So. It's a good spot to be in, yeah. but that's what's worth remembering. So don't feel bad because when you like when we make predictions, we go week by week, and we're like, well, they're not going to lose at Mississippi State. They're not going to lose 
to Oregon, and they're probably not going to. But in the macro, one of them will get them. And just the way the odds, it's a oddly shaped ball, and strange things happen. But that that's the question of the season, and and I, I I'm glad that Seth brought up the idea of you know we'll know you know when we'll know where Georgia fans are when they lose. Yeah. And as he said, it may be in January, but when they lose, then we're going to have clarity. And I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings. Eventually, Georgia is going to no, lose. No, of course, game. it's going to be for the ugly. record. They've lost. They've, they've lost one of their last three. They're only two. They're only. They've only won sixty-seven percent of their last three games behind UCF. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think that is where we're Illinois fine has won two of their last three games. I feel obliged to point out, <laughs> just like Georgia has. I'm just saying. Do you want to say anything before you get into the other stuff about Illinois? They have a game this week. So I will be there. I'm going to the Week Zero game. I'm nice. flying out on Friday. I will be there in the in the Colonnades Club. I will be taking run, your dad. What's that? Taking your dad? Uh, no, I'm not taking my dad. Okay. I'm, go, I'm going out. I'm talking to the kids like I always do. Oh, that's um, right. Saturday morning, I will be. Uh, one thing I love that Josh Whitman, the athletic director at Illinois, the this run here. He does the run. He does a game day run every morning. Uh, at 7 a.m., invites. he literally puts on Twitter and says, show up at the street corner, and we're all going to run. I ran last year. I'm just saying I know, Josh Whitman, that you listen to this podcast. I smoked you and everybody else last year except for the wrestling team. The wrestling team was there, and they, I, I kept – put- And they were wearing garbage bags. While yeah. They <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah, they were very silver <laughs> lines playbook, yes. Yeah. And uh, I, Josh Whitman was actually had the conversion talk with people. I'm sure if it had been a dead sprint, he would have defeated me. But nevertheless, I was. Uh, uh, it is one of my favorite. Is I kind of feel like once I saw that Illinois had a week zero game, I had to go. Like to to have a. It's not as exciting as last year's week zero game because uh, they were playing Nebraska, and it's not. It's, it's on FS. I believe it's on FS one. That sounds right. Yeah, and uh, they're playing Wyoming. And it's a four o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Central game. Um, they are Illinois. I believe is favored by I think eleven. Like six, no, I think it's a little bit more. I think they are favored about as much in that game as Georgia is favored against uh, Oregon. It's a Big Ten Network. In, Big uh, Ten Network, according to ESPN. Yeah. I think I've got those that. liars. I think that I think the fa- they are because fa- remember we think of Wyoming. You're like, ooh, look out for Wyoming, and they still have the same coach, and they're so good. But Wyoming, more than any other team in the country, was ravaged by the tra- by the transfer ooh. portal this year. They lost their top. Two quarterbacks, they lost their top three running backs, and their top four wide receivers. All of them gone from last year. So they're still good. They have the same coach. That, but like, Wyoming is one of those programs that's specifically put together to suffer from the transfer portal. When, uh, because yeah, Wyoming they, has a bunch of really smart people that put together a good program, but eventually they're going to want to leave Wyoming and go somewhere else. And I think that's kind of what's happened to Wyoming. So that's why Illinois is favored. Um, is if they're going to make a drive for six, is a game they obviously you have to win. win obviously have to win, uh, and then hopefully they will. And then I mentioned on the podcast last week that I was looking for a place to find uh, to watch the Illini game on and? Friday night. Uh, I've had I've had some people say, "Hey, I'd love to watch the game with you," which I'm very nice. That's very kind. Uh, but I'm actually looking for the place to go. Uh, and then when we find the place, come to the place. But I need the place. I need the right place to go for that. There's not. There's not an Illinois bar in Atlanta. There's, there, I don't, as far as I know, I don't know of an Illinois bar in Atlanta. There's got to be a Big Ten bar. Yeah, but that doesn't. <laughs> they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll um, 
Point is, is Illinois, Wyoming, the big game is 1230, Nebraska, Northwestern. Uh, in, in in Ireland, but Illinois. If you're still watching, you still got the big. You're gonna need the Big Ten Network soon, by the way, because eventually gonna all these things are gonna be. All, you're just gonna, yeah, it's we, all I mean, we packages. didn't even talk about how the Big Ten's now poning the East. I don't want to talk about it. They're now poning the SEC. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's that made me sad. That tweet this week with the music. Uh yeah. Well, that, that part was not great. I we can. We can discuss this at a certain point. I feel like there are long-term problems to this deal. I think, yeah. I think there are clear long-term problems. It's a smart move. Warren had to do it. I think you're asking for trouble in the long term. It also saves the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12 for a while and Big, Big 12 yeah. for a while. Yeah. Right? Uh, it, 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 I think you're asking for trouble. I really do. I think they're going to make a bunch of money right now. Like, Also, I feel obliged to point out that the players were not cut in on this deal. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be a problem, much more of a problem. Like, it's already a little bit of a problem. In five years, it's become, it's become a much bigger problem uh, when some of these NIL deals start to dry up a little bit. And, um, and I know that now you've got Universities just basically having their own NIL programs essentially at this point. Well, who is it? DeColdis from uh, DeColdis uh, Air Conditioning from Nebraska. Did you see that guy? Oh yeah, DeColdis. That was a good yeah. good ad. But the way is not that like that's not what NIL is going to I be know. now. Yeah. Like NIL is now going to be like Illinois has the Illinois Guardians. Georgia has its new group that it's doing, and basically like that's what this is going to be now. This is not going to be hey, it'd be a Jordan Davis should do an ad for Zaxby's. It's going to be hey donors. Don't give money to the university. Give it to the NIL because then we can give it to the actual players. I think I think Cade Mays had one for Bojangles last year, or no, it was a Crystal. I don't know, something like that. Really, Chicken Place? Huh? Yeah. Yes. I'm waiting. It's not. It's not a. It's not a folding chair place. <laughs> Maybe a rental place, oh, like a yeah. Baron's rental. Could have. They, they could have done that. Yeah. Um, we, we put you on the spot. I mean, we put you on the spot. No, no, it's not even that. It's like yeah. ten, Tennessee jokes are done. So, anyway, so Illinois, Wyoming, I'll be there. I only had nine and a half of yeah. them. Also, uh, um, um, I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That was, that'll work. That'll work. But, so, but whatever. College football starting this weekend. Like, college football is actually so starting. Excited. Oh there my will God. Be not, as I wrote in, again, my New York Magazine piece this week, after, like, now, last weekend was the last. Weekend without football until February, until Valentine's Day. And it was the last week that you wouldn't be talked about poorly behind your back if you plan a wedding. Yeah. Agreed. I don't have any weddings planned to, to I go have to. One, I have one planned. It's, I, there's a whole thing. I'm, I'm not getting married again. Uh, I hope. I'm going to talk to my wife. But, um, yeah, my, my wife's cousin's getting married in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm. He's getting married on a Friday. Okay. Which means... Unless some other stuff happens, I will get to go see Michigan play Hawaii in the big house, which I'm. Oh, that's pretty about. cool. I, I, I miss the first Georgia home game, and I'm a, I'm a little bummed about gotta that. Gotta go to the big house, but it, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, so, although some things could happen between now and then that would necessitate me staying, but we'll talk about that. What happens? Okay. So I I wish I could see. I mean, we've we've kind of. Uh, rigged our podcast setup to have a fourth person so when seth left i stayed in the spot i'm at i'm <laughs> kind of a I'm like a coffee i'm on a coffee table with a makeshift mic and so if i sound a little bit distant it's because i wasn't angled right towards the mic because the mic is at an angle and i don't know you he sounds he sounds distant because he's leaving us you should, you should have also seen when Will was doing his Illinois minute or five minutes, Tony and I, Tony and I, we were like the kids in the back of the car. We were having other conversations and gesturing wildly. He was trying to get my attention. I know what you were trying to say, Tony, because I did get that 
I want to make sure you did. Yes. It was fascinating too. Is it the, was it fascinating? The message? I didn't look at it. Oh, you didn't look at it. Okay. Well, that, that's even better. Okay. So <laughs> now what we're going to do is I have, um, I have two questions for you and then I have some trivia. Sweet. That sound? Oh, down. and did you, did you give them the code when they order, um, seven, oh, six God, apparel? Yes. So seven, six apparel, free shipping, WSLS, no S. WSLS. Huh? I got it right. WSLS. <laughs> God, I did so good on the read. For free shipping yeah. for uh, the 7.6 apparel. Yeah. All right. So I've got a, had a moment. You did great. You did great. I got a question for y'all. There's always debate on what is the loudest college football stadium or stadiums. Answers such as LSU at night seem to always be at the top. And this week on the Paul Feinbaum show, former SEC referee Matt Austin was asked by um, Alyssa Lang. I need to say, my wife hates that guy. Okay. I don't have any... I, I just The only thing, one I can remember is pin wagers. I think I'm, everybody... I hate that guy. He, he, he's, he's less hated than pin wagers, right? Pin wagers went to Georgia Tech. That's all you need to know. Okay. All right. So, earlier this week on the Paul Feinbaum Show, former SEC ref Matt Austin, not as hated as others. I think he was fine. Kind of a bowling ball, bald yeah. guy. Yeah, he was fine. He was asked by Alyssa Lang about the loudest game he can remember being a part of. His answer was a bit perplexing. He said, 2014, Texas A&M at South Carolina. He was, he's quoted as saying, it was so loud I couldn't hear myself talk at the coin toss. Now, that mm. seems like it should be uh, excluded from that because you know what they were doing. They were playing, they were playing the stupid chicken. <laughs> they were playing the chicken and sandstorm when all that was going on. So I think that kind of should be should disallow his answer. But also, it, there are probably some shootings in the warehouse next door. <laughs> that that story will happen again this year. You get to tell that the the rave story at the warehouse. Can't wait because we're going to Columbia. <laughs> but that'll that'll come in a few weeks. Um, so I was going to ask y'all. I know this is brought up a lot, but I, I thought, okay, what were two games that stood out to me, and they both happen to be home games uh, for Georgia. I will give Auburn uh, a props. Back in the early 2000s, I was down at a game there, and they scored late to beat Georgia, and it was it was insanity. But uh, for me, it was 2007, Georgia-Auburn, when Georgia ran out in black jerseys. That was one of the loudest atmospheres I'd ever experienced. And then, recently, I would like to say 2021 – Zamir White's block punt versus Arkansas and then recovery. I thought that that place, especially for a noon kickoff, that I, I think I was more impressed because I was so worried it wouldn't be jacked up for game day at noon. And boy, was I not disappointed in that because after it was, there was like two minutes left in the first quarter, that caused Georgia to be up 21 to nothing. And he blocked the punt and then recovered it. Now it happened right in the end zone that Will and I sit in. That was one of the loudest uh, I'd heard. So I was interested uh, what comes to mind for y'all. You know, I always feel like a lot of these things are on based on perspective and that like the last Georgia game I've ever, I feel like I've ever been to was the win over LSU when I, first moved to, yeah. when I first moved here. But I can't tell if that's because that was one of my first Georgia right. games. Right. Like I would, honestly, the last time I've ever heard of a football game, a college football game was when Illinois beat Colorado the year the Colorado won the national championship. But I was 14, and there were, were 70,000 people there. Like, it was loud. But, like, I'm going to bet Georgia games are generally louder than that. It's just, to me, it just seems so loud. Um, Georgia-wise, I feel like it's got to be the LSU game. But, again, that was, like, my third game. 
So it felt real. That was the Zach Mettenberger yeah. uh, game. So, yeah, my first thought was 2013 LSU. That makes me feel better. That I makes did not. Feel yeah, good. it was so loud. I don't. I don't. I missed the 07 blackout game. I was actually playing softball in Champaign. Mm-hmm. It was the school league. Uh, I, I did bring a TV because um, I wanted to watch Georgia mm-hmm. Auburn, and that was also the same day Illinois beat Ohio State. Mm, that was the, the Juice Williams game. That's Juice Williams game. Uh, on a plane. But um, I, I, my second. What about an away game that you were at with Georgia? You're like, ooh, they got it in for uh, us. I got to be honest, the LSU game uh, in 2018. Yeah, was that pretty would be my pick as well. Loud. That would be my. That pick. was pretty loud. I, I mean, it was a day game. I, I've been to a couple of LSU games. The first one was not as loud, mainly because uh, Georgia kind of handled the game. Uh, but that game was pretty loud. It was louder than, say, the road game I went to where we watched Georgia lose to Mississippi, mm. which was, let's not forget, that was like, it was, that was, loud, that yeah. was, it was loud, but that, and it's weird to think that a Kirby Smart team went to Mississippi and got pasted. <laughs> and They ran out of sweet tea. Yeah. That, uh, that game was freaking hot. I mean, we won the party. <laughs> that, won the was, party. that was the yes. Chad Kelly game. It was it? Chad Kelly. Not game. Chase Kelly, but yes. Chad Kelly. Chad Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, that, I mean, as far as Georgia games, I mean, probably the. Oh, what game was it that allegedly some people carried um, some of the pieces of the like goalpost? 2000 up? Tennessee? The 2000 Tennessee, that game was really loud. That game was really loud. I was there, but I don't remember it being loud because I, I was, was there. Student. I was there, and allegedly some people took pieces of the goalpost up Lumpkin. Oh, they did? Allegedly. Yes. I That's have what friends that still have pieces as paperweights. I, I have. Or displays in I their can, counters. Yeah, some stuff. Shout out there. to Dwayne. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Okay, so um, you know it's it's not mentioned very often, but we do have a blog or we have a website. We don't update it nearly as much as we should. I'm going to do the TV times. I had every okay. intention to it this weekend, just didn't get to it. So um, we got a very very interesting comment, and hey, there is a contact form on our website, and it comes straight to our emails, so we do get them. That's probably one of the better ways to reach out to us. Just saying. As long as you got something nice to say. Otherwise, don't give me nothing. Right. Um, So, Will in Seattle, I didn't know you were traveling last week, but Will in Seattle made a very interesting point here. It was submitted on the WSLS podcast web portal. Wow, I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'll read anything that I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Fascinating stat observation. Asterix. Um, (laughs) I'm just... Yeah, Ron Burgundying it. All right, he says, The first and final scores of each of the last two seasons were the same. In 2020, a safety at Arkansas was the first score, and a safety was the final play of the Peach Bowl. Huh. I looked that up, but it's, he's right. Huh. It's a palindrome. 20, yeah, 2021 was bookended with pick sixes versus Clemson and then the championship game. What are your predictions for the first oh, Georgia scoring play this season and the final scoring play? That's a good question. We have to pick the same one at this point. Um, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna pl- play the odds and just say it's a field goal on each runs. Touchdown pass for Bart Bowers. And for both, I'm yes. saying both. You gotta pick both. Okay. Yeah, we're going. Both. I see. I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I did think I was like, okay, 2020 you had a safety. And then 2021, a pick six. Those are two very rare scoring plays, yeah. if we're being honest, Like versus like a punt yeah. return or a right. kick return. Or a field goal. Well, I mean, last year I said I, – I mean, last year I saw the first score in college football, which was a punt fumble for a safety, mm-hmm. and then a 
can't really say I saw the pick six return because I was already crying on my wife's shoulder. <laughs> but I was there and I saw him cross the goal line. So, so I'm going to make a prediction. More common plays uh, for 2022. I think Stetson's going to throw a touchdown pass to McConkie versus Oregon for the first mm-hmm. score of the season. And I think the last score of the season is going to be a toss sweep touchdown run to Kenny Mac- Kenny McIntosh is going to have a toss sweep toss sweep touchdown run versus Notre Dame. Ah, all right. See, that's that is much better than my <laughs> Much better. That's well either done. that'll either be in the national championship Can game play, or the Music City Bowl. Earth. <laughs> that's <laughs> understanding the I, I like I like I like this. Understand this. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good crazy question, Will. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, submit your questions. Um, Will has probably too much time if he's asking that question. No, it means he, it means it's a great question. It means he's using the best, most efficient user. That's one of the better questions I think we've ever received. That's an excellent question. Excellent I mean, question. it blew my mind when I read it. I was like, oh my God. I showed it to my, showed it to my wife. I was like, look at this. She's like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I, I, I've discovered any sports thing that I get excited about. Don't show it to my wife. Right. She'll be like, "Oh, great. Oh. so this is what you're doing all the yeah. time." Yeah, this is. <laughs> this is. Why you're in your office? Is, yeah. I'm going to test it on the boys. I'm going to see if they react. It's a little equivalent when we first started dating. I was like, you know, here's my favorite Woody Allen movie, and she's like, "Get the just get." I'm, yeah. You're lucky I'm here. <laughs> is Daryl Hannah in this one? Yeah. <laughs> no, all right, let's now. do some trivia. Liam Neeson was Georgia. Georgia defends its championship season versus Oregon. Currently, a Pac-12 team, Oregon is. The last time Georgia played as defending national champions, they also played a Pac-12 or Ooh. Pac-10 back then team. What team was it? It was not the opening game, but they played them in the 1981 season. I and Georgia this, doesn't play many Pac-12. I know the answer. So. You know the answer, then I better just say it then. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington. UCLA. Y'all are both incorrect. Oh, it makes me feel better. Right, let's keep going then. Really? Okay, then I'll go next. I'll go Arizona. Negative. In 1981? Yeah, dude. Arizona's a dumb answer. Did we play Oregon State? Wrong. Oregon. That's five misses. Cal. Damn. Cal is the answer. Oh, wow. Georgia beat Cal in Athens on what? September 12th, 1981. They won twenty-seven like to thirteen. They had opened the season the previous week versus Tennessee in Athens. They beat them. What year did we play UCLA? I think it was eighty-four. Oh, I had it backwards. The year after UCLA destroyed Illinois in the Rose Bowl. Let's see with Rick, quarterback Rick Neuheisel. Neuheisel. Yeah, oh, yeah they, I think Neuheisel played in San Francisco. If Illinois would have won that Rose Bowl and they were favored, they would have won the national championship that year. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm. They were four heading in in the top three teams. What year was that? 1983 into 84. So you were old enough to be oh, I watched, upset I watched, about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. It was 83. I had those backwards because uh, Georgia, Georgia lost to UCLA. I don't know why I thought we lost to – yeah. Because we – the only game we lost in 81 was to Clemson. Mm-hmm. So. And then Penn State <clears throat> or Pittsburgh. Doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Georgia opens. This is the next trivia question. Georgia opens the season versus non-conference Oregon on September third in Atlanta. Since two thousand, September third question isn't it? This will mark the fourth time playing on September third. <laughs> okay. Let's see if we can. Can you name the other non-conference teams that they played on September third? So this marks the fourth since what year? Since two thousand. 
So, um, I'm trying to think of... Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. I, I, two, there's only two teams. Were they all in Athens? Okay, so Clemson. Safe guess. One was in Athens and two were at the Georgia Dome. Boise State. Boise State was in on September 3rd, 2011. They lost 35-21 to 21 in the so, worst uniforms. Oh, God, don't bring it up. Ever. Did we play North Carolina? We played North Carolina on September 3rd, 2016 wow. at the Georgia Dome and won 33-24. to 24. And one game was in Athens. Mm-hmm. And there were only two teams involved in this. So you've already... So Boise State again. They beat Boise State Sorry. on September 3rd, 2005, 48-13. That was what, what Georgia fans called the Zabransky game because he threw like five picks, I think. I mean, I caught one, so... <laughs> All right, and the final trivia question. One of my favorite websites and Twitter follows is Winsipedia. I get a lot mm-hmm. of information mm-hmm. from Winsipedia. And they've done a really good job uh, in the offseason leading up, getting you excited about college football. They've been tweeting every day about a Power 5 team and previewing what remaining Power 5 teams each school has yet to play. Mm. So the total unplayed Power 5 teams remaining for Georgia is mm. 12. 12 power, including independents. There are... Georgia has not played 12 well, power... Including independents? Yeah, but I'll go ahead and tell you, they've played all the independents. Okay. okay. So, so, and they've, all, they've played all ACC. So, basically, there's... So, should we, should we try it? I mean, obviously, I know one of them. I'm going to help okay, you. Okay, yeah. I mean, I know one of them right I know, now. I know you do. Yeah. And I'm going to let you say it first. So, there's six Big Ten teams. There's three Big 12s and three Pac-12s. Okay. Obviously, Illinois. They That's correct. Illinois. Southern Cal. No, they've played Southern Cal. We have. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so how many Big Ten teams is there? Six. You got Six. one. Um, Rutgers. Correct. Indiana. Correct. I don't think it's Minnesota. I'm going to go with Iowa. Correct. Northwestern. Correct. Well, now I'll just say Minnesota. Correct. All right, there we nice. go. <laughs> all right, okay. so Will won the Big Ten, three to two. So no, four to two. We all did whatever. We all did. We got uh, okay. three Pac-12, three Big 12. Correct. Okay, so let's go with Pac-12. You, Pac-12. you missed uh, Southern California. Uh, yeah, missed Southern California. So right. I will take Oregon State. Incorrect. Washington State. Correct. Arizona State. No, they played out there. Tony was at that game. Oh, that's right. No, I didn't go. I oh, did, not. did not. Did not. AJ Green, that's no Sean Marino. That's yeah, I did not go to that game. And then they got waxed by Alabama the next week. Yeah, Utah. Correct. Mm, one, one more. Pack twelve. Let's go Stanford. Incorrect. Well, I know we play Cal. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Washington State. He said Washington State. Is your guess Washington? Yes. That's correct. Wow. Tony, yes, I said Tony ran State. the Pac-12. So Did now not, got, but yes. <laughs> now we got Big 12. So, Big 12. Um, it's not Baylor. It's not Texas. It's not okay. Oklahoma. It's There's not only o- 10 teams. Kansas State. Correct. The official State. team of the BTK Killer. I feel obliged to point out. Every single time. I feel like you learned that this summer. The official it's, team I love that you keep bringing it up. of the BTK killer. Iowa State. Correct. It's one team. Um, Kansas. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. Let's see. Look at us. Look at us. Other than one, me missing. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six. One, two, three, four, 
five, six. Y'all tied. Whatever. Good We're job. Awesome. We're just awesome. We are Let's awesome. Let's stop pretending otherwise. That is all I've got. I'm not going to step on y'all's toes this week. I'm going to actually let y'all say go dogs. I don't know if anybody picked up on that. It was all, I heard from no one. There's only three people listening by the I heard from no one. I heard from no one. It bothered me all week that I cut y'all off. So I'm not going to do that this week. So we'll be back next week to preview an actual Georgia football game. Which and and I'll, I, get, I'll get fun office pulls out this week. Yeah, so yeah. everybody's been waiting. And unlike my two podcast co-hosts, I will actually be at this game. So who is the real captain now, right? Who's the captain now? I am the captain That's now. fine. I'm I still basking in the glory of 2021. See, someone's got some urgency, okay? <laughs> Attack the day, Scott. Attack six one time. <laughs> uh, seize the moment or something. Um, all right, well, have a great week, everyone. We'll be back next week to preview an actual football game. Until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, as Will said. Probably plan on hearing our show on Wednesday of next week, our big Georgia-Oregon preview show. Until then, you can find us on our website. We have one, wslspodcast.com. Submit a question. We might actually read it and not give you anything if we read it on the air. Uh, But uh, follow us on Twitter, at wslspodcast. And, yeah, go order some shirts. Go order some merchandise from the76.com. And use promo code WSLS in the checkout for free shipping. And that'll save you some money. I mean, it'll save you money by by using WSLS. Uh, But yeah, we'll be back next week and have a great weekend. This is the last one you can kind of get ready for. And um, yeah, as always, we'll see you on campus and go dogs. Nailed it. Almost. Beat those Wyoming Cowboys. Go Pokes. No, go Illini. Go Illini.